Man, I wish that every farmer in the U.S. and every farmer in the world could have that kind of a knowledge or at least an awareness of what you can do uh, and get what I would call give back to the soil and soil give back to you as opposed to being a little too fertilizer heavy, pesticide heavy, herbicide heavy. From Mumble Coffee, this is Coffee 101, a one-stop shop for learning about all things coffee. I'm your host, Kenneth Thomas. If you love coffee, or even just like it casually, you're in the right place. And I'm glad you're here. Season 1 takes us on coffee's journey chronologically from seed to shelf. If you're new to the show, go back and start from the beginning. The show is designed to build your knowledge from the simplest question, which is, what is coffee? Okay, on today's show, we've talked about several different variables that affect your cup of coffee. Well, today is no different. Today we're talking about dirt, soil, tree food, whatever you want to call it. Soil has a major impact on cup quality. Soil that has been road hard and put up wet, in other words, used for the same crop again and again and again and pushed and pushed probably isn't going to yield what it could. The principles we'll talk about today apply to anything you can grow, but we'll make some specific points related to coffee trees. And as you know, you've learned to love on Coffee 101. I actually brought a couple of coffee friends on the show today. One, because she's just so fun to have on the show. And the other, because he knows a whole heck of a lot more about soil than I do. But before we get to talking to the general manager of the largest producing coffee company in the United States, Katie, how are you today? Sorry, guys. I'm back. It's not sorry. We're happy you're back. That's good. (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about dirt. I love dirt. Do you really like dirt? Um, I'm just trying to bring some enthusiasm into the conversation. Okay. We're going to make coffee interesting. We're going to make dirt interesting. Okay. So you'll have to help me here, Katie. So optimal soil leads to optimal coffee, cherry, and seed and bean, or whatever you want to call it quality as well as yields which is a good thing the nutrients have to be right so what else can you think of where you've got to have all the ingredients right what about like lasagna (laughs) okay lasagna is a good one so if we get all the ingredients right in lasagna it tastes great right i love lasagna when it's cooked correctly when it's cooked right what if what if we forgot the meat that would just be nasty. What if we forgot the cheese? That would be even worse. What if we doubled the pasta? Yeah, no. no. I know. I'm not letting you make my lasagna next time. <laughs> so trees or plants are the same way. They like to have everything just right so that if they were customers and this was your restaurant, they would leave you a big fat tip. And that tip for them is... They would leave you red, ripe, happy 
coffee cherries hmm. so that then your coffee ultimately tastes good. So it's just like lasagna. You nailed it. It's a good way to remember it. That's right. So if farmers get the ingredients right, it's a better return on investment as well as quality and the actual yield goes. So that's the big thing to think about. Okay, here's the boring part. But it needs to be said, coffee plants need 17 elements to be happy. I'm not even going to ask you to guess them because they're impossible. I will just throw them out there and y'all can just crunch through just like me and Katie. Okay. Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, you get those from the air and the water. Nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus, calcium, magnesium, and sulfur, which we get from the soil where they're planted. And smaller quantities of iron, zinc, copper, manganese, boron, chlorine, molybdenum, and nickel. I had to learn all of those elements at the beginning of this year in my chemistry class. We had to memorize the periodic table. Did y'all do like a little jingle or yes, anything? Yes, it was brutal. <laughs> the jingle was? All of it. The, well, the jingle was actually like kind of nice. Yeah? Kind of liked it. It was like, this it like- is the periodic table. I couldn't sing the rest of the song. That's as far as I can go now. But you probably aced it when time Oh, came. yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Okay, so pH. We're looking for a pH for coffee trees between 4.9 and 5.6. At that pH, they absorb nutrients better, make more cherries, and will have less pest and disease-related issues, which is what you want. And you're a coffee farmer and have no clue where to start. Well, that's where you want to start is probably getting the pH of the soil right. right. Yep. Because if you could do that, then a lot of the stuff will otherwise fall in place. Uh, But that is the quickest impact if you're a farmer out there. Okay, now, think about it. What if you ate Cheetos at every meal versus a well-balanced meal with a dash of exercise, a little dash of exercise thrown in there, which you is going to be healthier, more energetic, more productive? Hmm, I'm going to go with the... Cheetos. Yeah. No. Oh. (laughs) So, I wish, because I love Cheetos. You know I I love Cheetos. I know you love Cheetos. I'm I'm way bigger on that. You're a big Cheeto man. Yeah, way more than Doritos. Um, I like Doritos better. But if you look at it, this is another good example of, if you get the ingredients right, then whatever it is that you're feeding will thrive. So... That's what we're going for today. One thing that our one-on-oneers have already asked is volcanic soils. Do volcanic soils tend to have the right ingredients when it comes to coffee growing? I always thought that volcanic soil was like really, really good soil. I don't know why, but I always heard that it was like better. I might be making that up though. No, you're right. So for coffee trees, it is just about optimal uh, as far as just a a ballpark for growing. And so where are areas that you're going to get this volcanic soil, you may ask? For sure, Hawaii. Yes, Hawaii. And I would think a lot of, we don't really have volcanoes in America. Well, we don't grow much coffee in America and the U.S. besides Hawaii. I don't know a ton of places with volcanoes. I know they exist. But you, but you know, I know, and you're going to ask me, right? Oh, yeah. Well, what are some other places that have good volcanic soil? Colombia, Costa Rica, Indonesia, Guatemala, Ethiopia, 
And there are some others, just off the top of my head. Those are a few that I can think of. But you said Hawaii. I did say Hawaii. And you did that because you knew that that was a segue to our interview, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know that, you did. Yeah. So speaking of Hawaii, let me and Katie introduce our guest today. I wanted to find a farm in a volcanic area. And what cooler place to find a guest than Hawaii? Ooh. I'm secretly hoping that they'll invite I us would love that. out for a tour. To go to Hawaii and just drink a bunch of coffee. I would be on like an all-time high. Yeah. I mean, emotional high, guys. Emotional high, yes. And caffeine high. Yes. Yeah, we can say caffeine high. Today, we have Fred Cowell. Now, he is one cool cat. He's the general manager of Kauai Coffee, which is a massive farm, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And just so happens that he loves dirt. Nice. Or soil, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Maybe. Well... I'll just let him take it from here. Fred, good to have you on the show today. Aloha, kakakiaka. So, oh, wait a minute. I did that wrong. I said good morning. Aloha, awinala. Well, it depends. It depends. I mean, like, so where you are, because you're five hours behind me, um, it is closer to morning, so it's okay. You could say that. Yep. So how would you say How would you say good afternoon? Uh, aloha, awinala. Okay. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to say good afternoon. So, so I wanted to talk to you today. I know, um, so you're general manager at Kauai Coffee um, there in Hawaii, um, massive farm, uh, and y'all do some really cool things as far as like looking in depth at uh, soil quality and, and things like that. So I'm just going to kind of sit back and uh, kind of let you teach me and uh, I might throw in some random questions every now and then but tell us kind of what you do and and uh, about Kauai coffee sure thing well um, I'm a, the, the general manager my team refers to me as the chief troublemaker yeah uh, I've got some really good team members that are in charge of the various functional activities across the company uh, the farm is the largest team obviously we've got nearly 3,000 acres in production wow uh, depending on how you draw the map. Uh, the farm used to be sugar for almost 100 years from the late 1800s uh, all the way up until 1995 was uh, commercial sugar production and nearly 6,000 acres at that time. Uh, the landowner began a transition out of sugar into a whole bunch of diversified crops in the late 80s, or, or excuse me, early 80s. They looked at mac nuts, patchouli oil, uh, and coffee as the one that actually had the best uh, application for this this part of the state. Um, ironically, my dad was one of the consultants from the Big Island that came over and gave him some of their early uh, start. So your dad uh, was in coffee? He was. He was okay. uh, the founder of the Hawaii Coffee Association and really brought uh, some more modern farming techniques to some of the Kona production uh, uh, practices. Yeah, uh, based on some time that, that we had living in Washington State growing up in Paris. Cool. And so you said, because uh, you and I were talking about earlier, kind of before we started recording, that when you came to Kauai Coffee, you said something specific to me. Tell me, tell tell our listeners, our one on oneers, uh, what you said. Sure. So uh, when I was hired to be the general manager here, one of the questions that I was asked was. 
Um, Fred, you're a Kona guy. What do you think about the quality of Kauai coffee? And I said, well, to be honest, your reputation for quality is just not where it should be. Um, it was more about quantity. Um, it just didn't, didn't track. Mm -hmm. I said, however, there are other farms throughout the state that used to be sugar, other farms throughout the state that have begun paying very close attention to cup quality. And most of that growth centered around farming practices, most specifically soil health mm -hmm. uh, along the way. So when I took over here at Quiet Coffee, I began using the expression with my team, we're going to stop growing coffee and we're going to grow the soil instead. That's awesome. I love that. And so specifically with the, well, let me back up a second. So just out of my curiosity, um, the farm there, is it mountainous as far as landscape? Is it flat? It's relatively flat. Okay. It's uh, the top of our farm. And, and for those of your guests that listen to uh, other episodes, <clears throat> we are from about 700 feet uh above mean sea level to about 70 feet above mean sea level. Gotcha. Okay. Very low by coffee standards. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about for our one-on-oneers out there on the show that obviously elevation is one thing among many, many, many variables and um, it can have an impact, but also the variety that you use and general density of the bean, the soil, which we're talking about today, um, sun versus shade, which we've talked about, and, and even harvesting practices, which we'll get into, I believe, in the next episode. And with your location, is it volcanic soil or no? It is, yes. And, okay. Well, the entire state is volcanic. Kauai is the oldest of the islands so the big island is the youngest which uh, now has an act still has an active volcano yeah um our soil is very red and that's based on the amount of iron content so the iron is oxidizing due to the uh, salt air uh so literally we're watching our soil rust huh. but very he very heavy in mineral content huh so i wonder i mean this may, may be totally different but in the southern u.s where we are there are areas of red clay I don't know if that's related or not. I have no idea what the iron content is. It, it, it could be, but we, we tend not to have clay soils, and most of our soils are very well drained. Okay. So soil drainage is one of the things that coffee needs. It will not survive uh, wet feet, damp roots. Gotcha. And so what specifically, when you say that, that you are growing soil, what changes or what did you see there that was being done and what did you see had potential to be done better when it comes to the soil, which ultimately leads to the big question for everybody, which is how does my cup of coffee taste? Again, how much time do you have? Uh, <laughs> I got, I got as much time as you want, brother. All right. Well, let's bring it on. Um, so one of the things about soil, so soil is really an aggregation of many different things that are present uh, without any, microbiology and without any organic matter uh, in the soil, we basically have dirt, an uh -huh. inert carrying substance, kind of like sand, if you could imagine it, with nothing else in it. Right. Uh, soil has character. It has life. The expression that I use when I'm talking with my guests is there are more microorganisms in a tablespoon of soil 
than there are humans on earth. So think in the wow. billions at a time. And I've got many tablespoons of soil across 3000 acres. That's crazy. And for many years in the sugar days, as well as in the early part of white coffee days, um, they treated the soil as inert okay. and we will, we will give it the fertilizer that we believe it needs best to grow whatever plant it is. Right. And the, the opposite is actually true. The, the soil has the nutrients that it needs, but the microbiology, especially the fungi and the bacteria are essential for transferring those nutrients to the roots, the symbiotic relationship between the microbiology and the tree itself. Um, so that's one piece of it. So how do we get our microbiology back in line? We have to have a certain amount of soil organic matter, SOM, mm-hmm. the, the percent measurements of organic soil within the, the, the soil mass. And then that soil organic matter then triggers the ability for all of the other microbiology to survive. Soil food web is one thing that you can look at. Okay. Uh, that will take you through that. You said soil food web? Soil food web. It's a designation that USDA is using that's talking okay. about the health of the soil. Okay. Some brilliant scientists from Rodale Institute and other places that concentrate on the health of the soil as the determinant of the health of the tree. Uh, so right, most of our soils, um, especially that have been ridden hard and put to bed wet over 100, 130 years, were nearly devoid of soil organic matter. I mean, other than the coffee tree roots, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, but the weeds were sprayed dead because of the wheat competition. Mm. We're actually taken at the opposite direction. How do I introduce organic matter into my soil? And how do I supercharge the microbiology? So the two pieces that we're using for that are cover crops. So specifically engineered cover crops that we're planting, uh, either nitrogen fixing legumes, maybe perennial grasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're even using deep boring forbs like uh, uh, turnips and uh, uh, foot long two foot long radishes that bore down into the soil. Dang. And then the other piece that goes with it is the compost. So we've got one of the largest on-farm composting operations in the state. I've got nearly 5 million pounds of, of waste pulp and chaff that I produce mm. every year out of my fruit harvest. And that now gets actively composted and then put back out into the fields. So think of that as creating a soil inoculant yeah. in a laboratory to be able to put back on. So you start doing those things over time. I'm bringing my soil organic matter up yeah. and I'm basically supercharging the soil with the micronutrients, which really are the workhorses. The fertilizer is just added to that transfer mechanism that has to be there. And if all we're doing is putting fertilizer on the soil, um, whether it's in a liquid form or a spray form or a granular form, it's like keeping an athlete alive on an IV. Yeah. We really want that athlete to be healthy, not just, supercharged because they got a dose of an amphetamine, let's say. Right. And that's the approach that we're taking. Stay with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Okay, 101ers, we're talking a lot about getting the ingredients right to help the coffee tree. How can you get your coffee right to give you and your body the best benefits? Easiest way is to get some humble coffee and at least try it black. We do the research and background work to make sure we've sourced and roasted to optimize for taste quality and health benefits for you. Go to humblecoffee.com or click on the link in the show notes. Now, enough of this promo stuff. Let's get back to the show. I had no idea that so much went into thinking about the soil, but I'm not a soil expert, so 
I mean, how did you even learn all this stuff? Uh, when my engineering job was almost done on my previous job, uh-huh. uh, I was given a choice of either finding work around Kauai, uh, going to the military industrial complex and becoming a project manager, or one of my choices was to go back to the Big Island and I was going to become a permaculture, if you're familiar with permaculture, yeah. subsistence, uh, off-grid farmer. And I built this beautiful plan that showed my wife how our house would be uh, solar panels and how many square feet of raised bed vegetable gardens and how many chickens we'd have in our yard, our hydroponic setup. And she looked at it and goes, no, go get a job. <laughs> so I was really studying the soil as a way yeah. of how do I get That's to awesome. making my farm work. Yeah. Um, and then when I came here, I actually began benchmarking uh, the cupping competition winners from the Kona uh, Kona Coffee Cultural Festival, which is the one of the longest running food uh, festivals in the, in the nation. And turns out that I found a common denominator. It's almost like a, a very good special team coach that you might see running around the, the collegiate or the NFL. Yeah. They all had the same soil coach. Mm. Turned out that one of his first clients was my mom and dad when they were winning the cupping contest back in the eighties. Awesome. And so I started leaning on, on my, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And, the Your soul whisperer, coach. Like, and that's actually where we've gotten to today. And there's so much more that we're going to be able to do. That's awesome. Um, and so we're talking with Fred Cowell of Kauai coffee and we're talking soil today. Um, Man, I wish that every farmer in the U.S. and every farmer in the world uh, could have that kind of a knowledge or at least an awareness of what you can do uh, and get what I would call give back to the soil and soil give back to you um, as opposed to being a little too fertilizer heavy pesticide heavy herbicide heavy and insecticide. too yeah. conventional <laughs> yeah yeah and how because... that became conventional is only in the last 150 years i mean that what what was done previously is really the way things were done for many millennia uh one way to think about it and there are other terms that you'll hear out there talk about sustainable farming or mm-hmm. uh, uh the other term that I'm, I'm working toward, but I'm not there yet, is regenerative agriculture. So regenerative is spe- speaking specifically about rebuilding the health of the soil over time. So it usually involves um, not only uh, another term is no-till methods. Mm-hmm. So within corn, soybeans, and others, they're now using techniques that aren't turning the soil over and damaging the, the soil life. It's actually, can we leave them in place, grow them in place, and then get a better benefit on the backside? That's awesome. So you know, I guess an example I'm thinking about in southern U.S. where I am is when my dad was growing up, they had quail. You know, quail was a small bird that uh, they could hunt. They saw around fairly regularly. But by the time I was born, uh, there were no quail anymore. And the reason was basically that the community or society had gone away from the small family farm and, you know, farming was bigger, um, you know, more commercial agriculture. uh, But it turned out that the quail as part of that 
whatever you want to call it, biodiversity or what whatnot, they needed that diversity um, as far as like their habitat. Um, and so they're they're really not around unless somebody raises them, but they're not really in the wild anymore. Um, and and part of that is, you know, as opposed to, or I guess I'm comparing it to you talking about just having the turnips and all this other stuff and trying to prevent uh, tilling. And have you ever heard of a guy named Wendell Berry? This is getting a little off subject, but have you ever heard of him? I think I have. Can you give me a hint? Yeah. So, well, I'll just tell you. So he's a guy who he lives in Kentucky and uh, he's a prolific writer. Uh, and he is really big on basically, um, you know, loving where you are, being content where you are, and like basically just doing your job, you know. And uh, he has a farm, um, and that's basically what he does is he just has his small little Kentucky farm. And when we get off the uh, actual interview, I can give you some some book recommendations. But, but Wendell Berry, um, and I'll actually, I'll uh, after this, I'll email you, um, and I'll put it in the show notes for our one-on-oneers out there, uh, a, a great essay of his. So anyway, I digress. So what else can you think about as far as that I'm missing as far as um, soil goes when it comes to crop, which for us is coffee? The, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that, you know, whether it's coffee or any other crop for that matter, is that the, the, the life of the tree or the plant is above the surface. Mm. We're yeah. basically looking at their lungs. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. All yep. the rest of the stuff is happening down under the ground. That's where the the, the stomach is, if you will. Yeah, even that's heart. a good way to think about it. Yeah. And so we tend to, to visually look at a tree and try to assess its health. We might measure its health in terms of yield or uh, uh, vigor or even some of the things we're doing. We're using uh, infrared cameras on drones to measure net density vegetative index, which is really a chlorophyll reading. Wow. But again, we're just looking at the, the lungs. Yeah. So much of the life of that tree is you know, below the surface that we never see it. We, you, know, you can't stick your head under the ground right. and look around and say, what's going on here? Um, the other thing that's very important about the health of the soil, and one of the things that we're very fortunate to have, one of the, the great things that we inherited from the sugar days, um, besides our, our tremendous melting pot heritage, is we have irrigation in place. So irrigation... Um, if you think about it, the soil health is both related to the soil organic matter and, you know, what's in the soil, the nutrients and the other types of things, mm-hmm. but the moisture levels, either too high, too low, or right in between, think of this Goldilocks, right? The most moisture level also has to be where it needs to be to produce exactly the right coffee. So if we think about where coffee grows in the world, it grows in areas where the rainfall is sufficient. Mm-hmm. It grows in areas that are shaded to keep the temperature down in the, in the true tropics or in areas where the, the temperature is cool enough and where the water is where it needs to be. So if it's light, temperature, moisture, and nutrients being the four main factors, and again, this is every crop, not just coffee. Right. Um, we're very fortunate here on Koi that we're able to dial in because we're supplementing rainfall. We, we get rain but we're supplementing it to the point where we're able to dial it very closely to what we believe is ideal. Right. So, um, we, we treat our soil as, as really the, the carrier mm. of the nutrients, the, 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 
the home for all the micronutrients and right. the microbiology, as well as the, the, the moisture mechanism. The other thing about water, trees don't need water because they're thirsty. Trees need water because it's the nutrient passing mechanism. It's actually how the nutrients get into the trees. Kind of like plants for that matter. So water, water is really a, um, a necessary ingredient for moving the nutrients up and down, not just water for water's sake. Right. Yeah, I guess for us, the equivalent is um, having the right, we'll call nutrients in, or electrolytes or whatever you want to say, in our, um, in our water, in our coffee. Um, you know, which for us, it helps with ex- extraction. Um, you know, but it also tastes different. You know, 99 plus percent of your coffee is, is water. You know, so it can make a big difference. Um, one last thing before I let you go uh, that I wanted to kind of circle back around on that I thought was important is we talked about on the show the different parts of the actual coffee cherry. And then coming up, we're going to be talking about the specifics of the processing method. And one of the, we'll say, byproducts of the processing method uh, is that pulp. And, uh, you know, a lot of farms will just set that in a big old pile to the side and that's it. But I want, I want to make sure for any farmers out there that are listening uh, to know that you can use that for compost. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's an extremely valuable um, component of our waste stream, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and for many years, it was it was done that way. It was set in piles, and we hoped that it didn't spontaneously combust based on its uh, breakdown methods. Right. Um, but the three main components that we're dealing with is the 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 fruit skin itself, pulp, as we call it. Right. Um, the second piece is the uh, parchment covering that's outside the green bean itself. Yeah. Um, uh, we call it parchment. The Spanish word is pergamino. Am I saying that right? Uh. We're going to say we're going to say you're saying it right. Okay. Just um, I had a professor. He used to say like, "When in doubt, say it loudly." <laughs> and and often. Yes. Um, and then the other part is the the chaff itself, and that's usually a byproduct byproduct of the roasting process. That's right. the first one of the first things, a silver skin, as it's called. And all three of those have different um, uh, component makeups. Uh, in the composting world, you should have a proper carbon to nitrogen ratio. Uh, our fruit pulp, even though it's not green, is very wet and it's also a high nitrogen. And then we have to add the carbon elements to it if I'm going to get a really good compost. And then heat temperature, we want to go thermophilic. We want it to break down and we want the microbiology to grow in it before we put it back out. So we're really cooking a very special recipe uh, that has tremendous benefit for this. Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, um, tell us a little more about Kauai Coffee and where people can find it uh, on social media, but also online and basically everywhere else. All right. Well, KauaiCoffee.com. That's an easy one. Um, but they don't know how to spell it. So we'll say K-A-U-A-I because, Coffee.com. Yep. yes, exactly. And, and we'll put it in the show notes for the one-on-oneers. Yep. Um, because we're vertically integrated, I've got a, a, a good online um online sales fulfillment that's going on. I've got a visitor center here on site that uh, we get almost 800 to 1,000 guests a day. Wow. Think of us, the Disneyland of coffee. It's one of the few places in the world where people on vacation come and actually walk around and work in coffee farm. That's a lot of people uh, in one day. 
It is. And, and our job is to give them the best experience they can, whether it's guided tours, we're using QR codes as people walk around and take pictures of trees and cool. get to see some of our elements. Um, we also have a very um, extensive retail presence both here within the state of Hawaii, as well as the national uh, distribution that we have. We represent roughly one third of the entire U.S. production on any given year. And this awesome. last year, we were as high as 47% of the state's reported production just because we had a great year. Uh, there are some some uh, pestilence going around the state right now in the form of coffee berry borer as well as coffee yeah. defrost, which is a recent uh, arrival. Yeah. But we'll, we'll uh, lean on ingenuity, skill and cunning, and hopefully begin to fight our way back. Well, that's awesome. Fred Cowell of Kauai Coffee. Pleasure to have you on today. All right. Mahalo and aloha. Okay, one of the I have to be honest with you. Katie and I just recorded the whole... The whole outro. Yeah, the whole section after the interview. Well, actually, we didn't record it. That's the well, thing. Well, that's the thing is we didn't record it. So we're doing it again just for you because, I mean... I mean, it would be great to stop at the end of the interview, but I know you want to hear Katie's sweet voice. So here we are. What'd you think about the interview? I had no idea how much the soil affected how the trees grew and how the coffee came out. I know. It really does make a big difference. And some things that I got um, from Fred and what he was saying is I really liked that they're using some ground cover as far as uh, a little bit more diversity. And that leads to like the nutrients that go into the soil um, and things like that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And when he was talking about the trees and that their lungs, like you're basically just looking at the trees' right. lungs, you know, and everything else is underground. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. And also another crazy thing was that there were like, I think more microorganisms in a tablespoon of soil than there was people in like the entire world, which was really, really weird. Yes. Kind of crazy. There got to be some tiny little dudes. <laughs> they would have to be super tiny. Um, but, you know, one another thing I was thinking about when you're talking about the microorganisms mm-hmm. is that their job is is to basically figure out how to get those nutrients and whatever you want, you know, stuff to the tree. Yeah. Have you ever seen Office Space? No, I've never seen that. Okay. Well, so there's a guy, I think his name's Milton, who he his job is to take the paper from the printer and give it to the engineers. Big job. Well, for him, it is. And so, like, they have these people who come in trying to fire people, and he's like, you don't understand. He's like, I take the paper from the printer and give it to the engineers. Hey, I mean, sounds pretty important. Uh, yeah. And that's basically what the microorganisms do is they are taking the nutrients and they're giving it to the plants. So they're like the Milton's, if that's his name, of the, the world. The Milton's of the world. Yeah, the Milton's of the world. And there was something else he said that I thought was really cool. Oh, well, actually, I didn't think it was really cool, but I just I was thinking on this point is when he was talking about the coffee berry borer. You remember that from mm-hmm. last year? Yeah, we talked about that in the last episode. I remember. Yeah, and I tried to make you say it three times fast. Yeah, that that wasn't good. 
we don't have to talk about that. The coffee berry borer and that being a pest that they're potentially starting to deal with a little more. What we talked about before the interview was if you get the soil right, then you stand a better chance of fighting against stuff like that. Yeah. Which is really cool. It's pretty cool. Well, that's all we have for today. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and I was joined in the studio today by By me. And we talked to Fred Cowell of Kauai Coffee. We'll put a link to their website and social media in the show notes. Give them a follow. Buy a bag of coffee. Take a farm tour if you're in Hawaii. And hey, let them know that you heard about them on Coffee 101. I want to take a farm tour. I do too. Like I said, we'll see if we can come That would be great. Into, I mean, if Please? they have like 800 to 1,000 a day, surely they'll let us come. Yeah. I think so. Fred, you listening? We want to come to Hawaii. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening today. Leave us a review if you haven't on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a follow on social media as well as on the podcast. Hopefully you've done that by now. Follow us on all social medias. Well, we're not on all social medias, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The basics. The basics. And if you have coffee questions or you want to hear about anything specific on the show, when you leave a review, just let us know. As a backup, you can DM us on probably Instagram. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, Instagram's probably all the easiest things. one. Tag us on Twitter. Yep, all that fancy stuff. And, oh yeah, we left y'all some Wendell Berry recommendations in the show notes. So I gave you a fiction and a nonfiction option for your reading perusal so that you can just love Wendell Berry as Go much as I do. check out. Yep, he's a pretty cool cat, just like Fred Cowell was. And that's it today for Coffee 101. I was joined by Katie in studio, and we talked to Fred Cowell of Kauai Coffee. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.